Hello and welcome to the Massive Mediocrity Podcast. I'm your host, Max Kessler, and I'm here as always with my brother, Fraser. Frey Train, here we go. We got a very special guest, one of my favorite people, Darren. I call him Mr. Preston, but today I've been upgraded to Darren, so it's, it's really, really a treat. Hello, everybody. How you doing? Max Frage. What's up? Cool. Glad to have you here. So we wanted to have you in because, uh, you know, you're probably the biggest NBA fan we know of. I mean, you're just in it. You know a ton of stuff. You're into basketball. You're into everything. So we thought, who better to have to have on than you? So uh, Well, I appreciate you guys having me, man. Uh, you guys know you guys for a long time. And, hey, the admiration that you guys have for me is the same that I have for you guys. So... Appreciate cool it. Yeah. Cool, cool. So let's get started. We're going to get right into it. Um, we know you're a big Bulls fan. Right. What's the problem? What's going on with those guys? Bulls are struggling right now, to say <laughs> the least. Um, basically, I just think that they, they're tanking right now. You know, um, they traded Jimmy Butler, obviously, last year. Um, I didn't really like that they traded him, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I understood the only way you're going to get better is maybe trade him because he was going to be a cancer in the locker room anyway. And I never liked the D-Wade uh, signing of last year anyway. And just what happened, just, just what happened, I knew it was going to happen. He was going to be yeah. a crybaby and they was going to lose. And they actually did well until Rondo got hurt in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, they, they picked gonna, it up in the playoffs. Definitely. Yeah, they really did. Yeah. They really did. But um, right now, I just don't like management. I don't like Gar mm-hmm. Foreman, and I definitely don't like John Paxson, and I think they have to go. Yeah. But, I mean, one of the things is they traded their second-round pick to the Warriors this year for $3.something million. That yeah. basically went to buy out D-Wade. Yeah. It didn't make sense at the time. Now, the Warriors have uh, the player, Jordan Bell, who's already – contributing to their team playing that's someone the bulls could have used i mean i know they got the finisher i don't know how you feel about him the finisher the finisher how do you feel about that nickname fallacia oh no 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 the finisher with the two ends he's from finland right what's the guy's marketing Lori marketing yeah no question about it but but was that part of that trade? No, no. they already had no, his no, name. They had him. Bird. That yeah. that came because the trade of Butler. They traded Excellent, Butler right. and they got right. that pick and they used it on marketing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like marketing a lot. I actually think marketing's going to be a star. He's one of the guys that's probably on the lower end of the radar with all the rookies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about somebody who's seven foot. Handle the ball, yep. not soft either. Like no. some of the foreigners tend to be over the years, can jump. I feel like that's changed at least a couple of the last I, couple I of years. So you too. know, like Porzingis. Porzingis, they're Porzingis not soft. soft. No, yeah. Like no. ten years ago, you might have thought that, but yeah. like some of these guys coming in now are not. Well, you always you, you get kind of scared of some of the foreign players because. The league is always looking for the next Dirk Nowitzki. Okay. As you should be. You you (laughs) should be. But we've had so many other ones that didn't pan out. Mm -hmm. But I believe that Lori, I like Lori marketing Uh a lot. But they could have, like you said, they could have used Jordan Bell. They really could have used him right now. If the the goal is to get younger, Mm -hmm. why would you trade, draft a young player and then trade him for what? Three million, three something million dollars. That doesn't make sense. You're a billionaire. What do you need three million? I mean, three million, listen, it's a lot of money. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. If I ever had three million, Million dollars, you yeah. never you never hear from me again. I'd be gone. Same way. I'd be in a house. I'd never talk to anyone I know. 
I'll get new friends. And you would make it last. <laughs> yeah, and I'll yeah. make it last. Absolutely. But, I mean, they don't need the money, especially with all the teams that are over the cap. I don't think that – are the Bulls over the cap? You know what? Right now, when you started looking at their contracts, I don't believe they are. Yeah. But I don't – I can't say 100%. But uh, I can't think of any players that's making a lot of money. On the um, team. Because I don't think Zach Levine, when he got traded, he's not on his next deal. He's still on the rookie still deal. Rookie deal. Same uh, with Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn. Yeah. Um, they did play pay uh uh Miritich, I think two year twenty seven million maybe, but not a lot. That wouldn't put not you saying he's gonna stay around though. No, I, I mean <laughs> I, I honestly don't think he's gonna play much more because the Bulls are siding with him as far as the fight. So yeah. speaking speaking of just chaos, but yeah. uh, do you know what happened with that? I mean, do you have any like you as know? far as what I know, and I can't swear to it, but. Um, just thinking around the guys that I talked to, that like the Bulls, that that's on the Bulls websites and things of that nature. I guess uh, they got in a scuffle in practice. Uh, Miritich rushed Portis a couple of times. Second time, Portis broke his face. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that's about all I know. So, I mean, I just f- feel like this. Two guys get in a fight. You, It's over. Yeah. All right? You're two grown men. You fought. You said you're sorry. I feel like Portis did everything he could so far to to make peace with the guy. Yeah. I mean. You can only do so much. You got to defend yourself at a certain point. But I think it's just, these are all examples of bad management, mismanagement. When you are having people fight in the locker room, you got people not liking your coach and not respecting your coach. You have um, your management buying out draft picks, having people buy your draft picks. When you're having bad contracts and then making up for them, that's just all not good. Those are all bad signs. They yep. compound on each other. And it's been going on for quite a while. Um, to me, it started when you traded Thibodeau, when you when you fired Thibodeau. Yeah. And I would that coach, being a longtime Bulls fan, Derrick Rose was my favorite player since Michael Jordan. And although he was hurt, you know, a couple of those years, uh, the guy wanted to play. He just wanted to play at 100%. I know some people get upset about this and that, but he proved it. When he came back, he got hurt again. Yeah. It's not his fault that he got hurt, but it just happened. And then if you wasn't going to have the roles, you at least had to have a strong coach. It's not a whole bunch of strong coaches that yeah. players in the league respect and is going to run through a wall for, you know, so... Yeah, it's been going downhill for a while. Yeah, <laughs> I feel bad it's for not that. pretty to watch. Yeah, well, I was just thinking about you're talking about coaches and Hoiberg, people just not really respecting. And there's coaches out there that people respect and ones that they don't. Who do you think's doing a great job? I know Tibbs, he's in Minnesota, but he can't get those guys to play defense. You think yeah. he's a good coach, but what's happening? Well, I think with with Tibbs, I'm gonna give him a little bit of time this year, okay? Only because of the fact that he did bring in the veterans who knows what he's about, who's had success under him, like the Jimmy Butlers, like uh, 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 Taj Taj Gibson. And then you bring in veterans like Jamal Crawford and whatnot, who's been to the playoffs before. Those those guys like Big Cat and Wiggins, they all young players and whatnot. So I think they do have the ingredients to be a really good team, but they're still a little bit young, and it might take a little bit. And Tibbs... Tibbs is the kind of guy, he bench presses probably more than anybody on the team. <laughs> you know, he's loud, he's aggressive, and from what I've heard, he might fight you. Oh, I love really? him on the sideline. Oh, I love that. I love that. Oh, I love that. Look up yeah. in some people's face. You ever hear him on the sideline? He's like, 
guys, what's up? He's like this voice every game. So, no, I think they'll be okay. I mean, I'm not sure that the West is loaded, as everybody mm-hmm. knows. So, But they're one of the teams that I think that will be, uh, you know, I'm not really sure what, what lineup they're going to be in as far as uh, seating-wise, but they definitely should make the playoffs. Yeah, you think they'll make the playoffs? Yeah, and I do like Tibbs. I just think that he's a hard-nosed guy and uh, straight to by the book. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're willing to uh, work hard and uh, have some success, you'll follow him. And I think that's why Jimmy Butler kind of forced that trade and wanted to get over there uh, to Minnesota. Yeah, I was thinking another coach that's similar to um, Thibodeau, but just does it in a different way, uh, is Popovich. I mean, he commands respect, but he also isn't as much of a grinder. He does it in a different way where he holds everyone accountable for their actions, and, you know, you do something in the court he doesn't like, you're getting, t- you're getting taken out. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Greg Popovich, to me, is, I believe he's the best NBA coach of all time. I I believe he is. And the reason that I say that is because obviously he has the rings. Okay, but he is the one coach that's visible that, like you just said, Mm -hmm. he can get on his best players like a high school coach or a college coach, and they'll listen. And not only will they listen, they'll go out and perform. Tim Duncan is one of the top. 10 greatest players ever. He would get on Tim Duncan like Tim Duncan was like the last <laughs> guy on the bench or something. And when coaches get on the great players like that, whether it's uh, Tony Parker, Mano Ginobili, as I said, Tim Duncan, the guys that's on the bench, they see that and they're like, okay, I better get my stuff in, in order because if he's going to go off on Timmy, then what is he going to do to me? And so, I think he's I think he's a great his, – his X's and O's and just his knowledge of the game – I think he's, for my time watching NBA, I feel he's the best coach ever. And then another coach right now that is basically on his doorstep is Brad Stevens on the Boston Oh, my gosh. That guy is amazing. Amazing. And I knew from the beginning that once they got Kyrie Irving, he was going to take his game to another level, and he was going to take the Celtics to another level. You get a young guy that's 25 years old who wants leadership, wants coaching. That's why he wanted out of the Cavs, because all that they had there was Coach LeBron, but that's more of like, not a father fit. It's not the same coach-player you know, thing that you get from that type of situation. And with Stevens, he gets that. Mm-hmm. You get, I mean, those un, out-of-bounds plays. That guy's a maniac. I think they. Sh- I think if all, a game consisted of only out-of-bounds plays, the Celtics <laughs> would never lose. Exactly. They would go 82-0, exactly. and they would sweep the floor with everyone uh, else. Yeah, Brad Stevens He's is someone that I would love. Now, um, I know you guys know I coach AAU. And I take it serious. And it's, it's, I take it extremely <laughs> Super serious. Super serious, serious yeah. because, well, number one, I, I feel like when you have uh, a responsibility um, of young people, young people under you, whether you're a teacher, a priest, uh, anyone of a... Uh, uh, of authoritative figure, you have to do everything you can to make those guys the best player they could possibly be. And you can't ever close your mind. I don't close my mind in life, and I don't close my mind with this coaching thing. I don't think I know everything. I'm constantly learning all the time. And Brad Stevens, uh, Greg Popovich, and honestly, another guy who's taken a a lot of hits lately is Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers, (laughs) about three or four years ago, well, about three or four years ago, I would say he was the best coach. Him and 
Pop was probably yeah. the best two coaches in the league. He, speaking of out of bounds and set mm-hmm. plays, Doc Rivers has a lot of that too. It's just that uh, it's not all coaching in the pros. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it is the players too, and mm-hmm. they've had a lot. Of, they've been snake bitten by injuries to uh, Blake Griffin every year, and 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 not only injuries, but terrible times in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, though uh, Brad Stevens and uh, Popovich and Doc Rivers, yeah. uh, uh, I like uh, first Carlisle, Carlisle, oh, Carlisle from, uh, yep. from uh, the Dallas Mavericks, and I, I like Frank Vogel also from the Orlando Magic. He's doing big things with a team that yeah. people wouldn't expect. They didn't. People did not expect the Orlando Magic to do no, anything this year. Not at it all. It was the weirdest. Weirdest top to bottom roster I think I've seen in a while. <laughs> that team confused the shit out of me. Yeah. I did not understand it. And I was looking at it when we did the over unders. We did NBA over and unders, you know. Gotcha. And I was looking at Orlando. I'm like, I don't understand this team at all <laughs> and how it's built. But man, Aaron Gordon's really changed his. Yeah. I mean, he's he's actually a good three point shooter now. I mean, he's not elite by any means. He's like but shooting fifty percent from three yeah. right now so far. Well, maybe not be a large sample size, but still, he's stretching the floor. He's making plays off the dribble. Mm-hmm. Vucevic is shooting threes. Who would have seen that coming? He hasn't shot threes almost his entire career. But, but then again, like we kind of said earlier, some of those foreign players, they come in the league most of the time being able to shoot. Yeah. You know, but they're improving his game the way he has. And, and this late in his career, I mean, he's been in the league for at least five or six years. You know, it's you know, it's not right off the bat. He's got to love it. Yeah, he's improved in the middle of his career. So well, I like that. that some of that has to do with the coaching, too, mm-hmm. because coaches sometimes, uh, they'll pigeonhole you into a position That's and you say do. you can yeah. only do this or, or say you can only do that. The great coaches will bring out the best in a player and see the game differently. And if he can shoot threes and vocal sees that, hey, I'll let you shoot a few of those threes. If you can shoot uh, 40% mm-hmm. from the three-point line a little bit better for, at your position, we'll let you shoot a few of those. Actually, Brett Brown of uh, Philadelphia, they do this in practice. If you can shoot whatever percentage from three in practice, yeah. you, he greenlights you in games. Hey. So it, mm. it directly translates from practice to game at, in, in Philadelphia. And it's you know showed dividends, at least for someone like um, Covington. Yeah. That dude can shoot now. Yes, I mean, he yeah. he's he's an all-around player. He's he might be really their best player so right far. now. Yeah, I mean, they have some guys on the rise, Embiid and Simmons. Simmons mm. is so much fun to Simmons watch. Simmons is so much fun. Did you watch the game? Like, Who did they play the other night? Oh, they, uh, the they played the Clippers. Yeah. And Embiid was clowning. DeAndre Jordan, man. I don't even know who's Mans. That's what he kept saying to the other guy. I don't know who. Oh, you know, uh, number, uh, number five. Uh, uh, Willie Green. Willie is Green. Oh, Willie someone. He was like, Willie he can't guard me. He was just he was the whole that. game. He was <laughs> talking <laughs> shit. It was awesome. But I'm gonna tell you the it. funny part. And I watched this on uh, one of the. Uh, I don't know if it was the starters on. Uh, yeah, yeah. On uh, NBA, uh, TV. NBA TV, but they had MB freaking out like he was, yeah. and they was they had a shot of uh, DeAndre Jordan, and he was shell-shocked. He was just sitting there on the bench, and Embiid was talking, and he didn't know what to say, and he just shook his head and said something. But I believe he only had two points in that game, uh, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. I mean, he didn't know what to do with Embiid. Embiid's man. talking mess to everyone. I love it. I love, I love it. it. I can't wait to so play the Cavs. I really uh. can't because I think Ben Simmons and the way Embiid is playing – I really like that team, man. It's fun like, to watch. Yeah, if you got NBA League Pass, yeah, hey, I, right now I'm jealous of you guys. <laughs> but that's the team that I would be besides the Warriors because I, I love watching the Warriors, but uh, uh, the, 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 the Sixers are, is that team to watch. Yeah, it's I so noticed you didn't name Kerr in coaches that you uh, – 
Just because he hasn't put enough time in the league yet? No, you know what about Kerr? And I didn't, it's, it's a few more coaches that maybe yeah. I didn't mention, but no, uh, okay. Steve I just, Kerr. I, I do like with Steve Kerr, uh, uh, his coaching ability. Um, because the one thing about Steve Kerr, he inherited a real good team. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were young. And Mark Jackson, I think, did a great job. Great job. And I defensively, think defensively, yeah. they were a little stagnant as far as the offense oh and whatnot. Goodness. Jermaine O'Neal uh, got a lot of touches. I'll tell yeah, you that much. I tell you what, uh, I like I, I like Steve Kerr. He's a winner. Yep. He's won before. Um, I think he's a very smart guy. I remember watching Steve Kerr when he played at Arizona. Mm. Uh, he was a point guard. He was a good player. And uh, no, I think he does a great job because. They got a lot of personalities on that team. A lot of personalities. And for you to be able, that's why a lot of people don't understand basketball. And basketball is the same if you're talking about uh, junior high kids versus the pros. The talent is different, obviously, if you're talking about grown men versus kids. But when you can get everyone to buy in to passing the ball, be selfless, you know, have fun with one another. They don't care who scores the most points. They just fall in love with the process of making each other better. There's no team in the league like that. That's the only team that plays the way they do. And you got to give Steve Kerr credit. A because lot of credit. If, if Mark Jackson couldn't get him to do that. Now, I know Kevin Durant wasn't on that team, <laughs> but you take the second best, arguably the best player in the league that's averaging and having his own city like he had at Oklahoma City, and to give that up and come to Golden State to play the way he's playing and to buy in, this is exactly what he wanted. That's why he left. He couldn't get that in Oklahoma City. So a lot of that is what Steve Kerr is, uh, you know, impressing upon those guys. So Steve Kerr is a good one. Uh, like I said, Rick Carlisle, I really like him for Dallas Mavericks. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. I'm sure I'm missing a couple of other guys yeah. in the league. But uh, we mentioned Jason Kidd. Yeah, yeah. Jason Kidd. Now, that's another team, that Milwaukee team. Uh, you give them time with Bledsoe and then with yeah. uh, Jabari Parker coming back. Well, do you know when he's coming back? I, I can't find anything out there. It's still just keeping it hush-hush. I don't know when he's yeah. coming back. I just, I just know that I yeah. heard that I'm he's excited coming back when this he comes year. Back, but yeah. if, he's, if, he can, if he's healthy, yeah. he comes back to where he was last year and keep improving, the sky's the limits for that team. Yeah. But as far as Jason Kidd being a coach, He's a point guard. He was a coach on the floor when he played. Um, yeah. What do you the think? Time will tell. What do you time think will about so, Fraser? What do you think about the Bledsoe trade? What do you think the impact is on the Bucks? Um, I I like it. I think it gives a chance for. I don't know. I I, I think it will help their defense. Uh, Bledsoe, a lot of people forget that he was you know a, a superstar yeah. on the defensive end. Um, early days when he was on. Uh, the Clippers, and then be, beginning of Suns before he got beaten down by just being on a crappy team. bad team, yeah. Mentally but I think it's going to help yeah. their defense. You know, that's a long team. That's a really long team. they got really a ton is. of length. They don't mm-hmm. have a lot of girth to them, but a ton <laughs> of length. Yeah. And their ability just to kind of swarm. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, That's their defensive style. Like, yeah. they're overly aggressive on purpose. That is their strategy, and they're going for it. They, they switch it. everything. Everything. Yeah. They, that, it's not a whole bunch of teams that can do that. Yeah. But they can switch everything Defensively, and now you do have a Bledsoe who's a stronger, more stout, mm-hmm. little quicker point guard. I do like Brogdon and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he's a good backup though. Yeah, is that what he got him at right now? Now he's, he's the backup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the right spot for him. Now yep. he's just young. I mean, yep. he comes the de facto MVP last year because Embiid got hurt. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. no real like Rookie looking back. 
10 years from now, people are going to be like, Malcolm Brogdon won that uh, Rookie of the Year. People are like, what? Yeah. Who? Yeah. Who? Yeah. He is a good player. He's a good he's player, solid. but he's, I mean, he's, he's not player. Rookie of the Year. You no, know what I mean? No. It was I kind of a weird year. Yeah. Um, but Bledsoe, it's another score for them, too, from the yeah. guard position. Mm-hmm. He can make plays. Yeah. He can make plays where it's not all on Giannis, Absolutely. who is like 90% from the restricted area, yes. which is something I've never seen It doesn't even make sense. Uh, the shot chart just red around... It's just red. He's he's amazing, and uh, I mean, if Giannis gets a little more of a jumper, gets a little more comfortable with his jumper, he will literally be unstoppable. He already is unstoppable, but uh, with a three point shot, no one can guard him. I feel like it's a little like Demar Derozan a little bit, and that where Do it's you know like if he'll ever get it. Like I well, we've been talking about yeah. Demar getting a three pointer for, for the last years, like yeah. five years. I feel, I feel like, like he has it. I feel like it's so mental. It's just like dude, just start doing it. I mean, your jumper is good. It's not broken. Like there's nothing like generic like. Are we talking about DeMar now? Well, DeMar and okay. Giannis. Like, Giannis, Giannis, has got, Giannis is a little hitchy. A little hitchy, yeah. But I don't think it's it's not fixable. It is fixable. I think there's something that you could do to make his jumper a little bit better. Like Blake. Absolutely. Blake worked on his jumper. His yeah. jumper looks great this year. He had the Phil Wan jumper where he <laughs> would shoot on the yeah. way down. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? He's such an athlete, though. But yeah. back to Giannis, I'm going to tell you who he reminds me of. He reminds me of Ben Simmons. Yeah. You're talking about those two guys yeah. of what? Both 6'10", 6'11". I think Giannis is like 7'2". He's like, he's Giannis is seriously like 7'2". He's so big. His jumper, yeah. he's 22. Dude. He's never had to do it before. No. He's going to improve that, no question. And like you said, he's, to me, he's the next best player in yeah. the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Because right now, for what he's doing right now, to not have the three-point shot is unbelievable. And once he gets it? And when he gets that, he's going to be unstoppable. And, and he guys, will get it. He, yeah. He will get it. And uh, I think Ben Simmons will do the same thing. And those two guys are going to be the future. And it's a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. But those two hybrid type They're so unbelievable. 7'2", 7'2", 6'10", guys. Uh, those two guys right there are that's, fun players to watch. And they will get it, though. That's the future of the NBA is guys like that that can dribble, pass, yeah. shoot and, with length. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's incredible to watch Ben Simmons play basketball because you're like, like, how is he doing this? What Like, what's even going on? You have to, like, watch him, like, a full game to see what he's doing. Like, I want to just watch him. I don't want to watch the whole thing. I know. Game. That's I why see, I want like, that lead pass. Yeah. Because I'm thinking the same thing you're thinking. But going along those lines, that's what makes Kevin Durant oh, so He's already Unbelievable. there. He's not only there, yeah. he's so far up there. I don't know if anyone <laughs> with his size, and we talking he's about two foot. guys right yeah. now at his size, mm-hmm. but to, he came out of his mother with that jump shot. <laughs> yeah. and, and to have that handle like a guard, I know you seen the play the other night when Aaron, Aaron Gordon came at him real hard and went up the dunk. He blocked it, Yep, came down the yep. court. Did that crossover pullback jumper in your mouth? Like <laughs> that is crazy right there. He blocked it, it with his elbow. It's, it's unbelievable, man. He's, he's top. Still, he's top five in blocks right now. That's unbelievable. He plays see, defense. See, that's another thing that you can say Steve Kerr and the yeah. rest of the Warriors, when he played for Oklahoma City, no. he wasn't known for that. No, now no. you get on a winning team, you're playing a role, because everything is about roles. And it doesn't matter if you're in the pros or, like I said, at junior high. If you buy into your role and fall in love with the process of being a superstar in the role you are in, man, that guy, hey, you see what's happening. He's leading it, what did you say, two or three in blocks? In blocks, yeah. That's unbelievable. And he's, you know, he's like top ten in scoring. He's uh, top five in blocks. See? It's unbelievable to watch. And, like, the stats is putting up so easily. You'll watch a game and he'll have 25 points, three blocks, 
two steals, mm-hmm. eight assists. You're like, mm-hmm. wait, when did that happen? So let me ask you guys this question, if you don't mind. Oh, please do. Now, going off what we saw last year in the finals from Durant, which was unbelievable. Obviously, the MVP, and it wasn't even a competition. Okay, going into this year, his skill set has been there for years offensively. Now we're talking about the way he's playing defense. Are you guys 100% comfortable saying LeBron James still is the best player in the world? Now, are you totally comfortable with saying that? Because I'm not. I can tell you now, and I wasn't. I I never, for years, I've thought offensively, he's definitely got a better offensive game than LeBron. And to do what he does at the height, but not the way the guy's playing defense, rebounding the ball on a winning team. They already did win, but he's making that team that much better. So I'm telling you, that guy guy is a really good player, and I'm not totally comfortable just saying, (laughs) oh, LeBron's the best player. We say it because he's been that. We've been saying that for years. But when you break it down, Especially with the East being so weak, yeah. Yeah. If if it was some competition in the East, and well, the Cavs are five hundred right now. You know, I know it's early, but I I don't know. Kevin Durant is he's making that push to me to be the best player in the league if he's not already there. What do you think? Well, oh, geez, go ahead. All right, I'll go. Um, I still think right now it is LeBron because when he wants to turn it on, no Mm -hmm. one can stop him. He can take you. He can take you from the three-point line, half-court, and bring you right down to the post. And just, you can't do anything about it. There was a couple games in the postseason, um, mm-hmm. the last couple games, uh, the finals, when he knew they were on the way out. He was literally just taking the ball, going right next to the rim, and just scoring every single time. And it was literally unstoppable. I'm like, why don't you do this every single play? He unleashed that, like, spin move. That yeah. little spin move yeah. that was unstoppable. Yeah. Unstoppable. It seemed yeah. like every time he went down and he did that little spin move, it was like, well, that's a bucket. That's mm-hmm. a bucket. It's like... Yeah. And, and uh, looking at the stats slightly uh, this year, I know LeBron is top... He's like top five in scoring. He's he's up there in... He's top three in assists. Probably top two he's, in turnovers. Could be. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I think I think it's... it's the, the margin is much closer now. I still think LeBron... Is still the best. I I uh, I don't know. I think it's really close. I think KD isn't asked to do as much as LeBron is, mm-hmm. so maybe that's why the the Westbrook argument versus yeah. a Curry argument from a couple years ago. It's like who's the MVP? It's kind of it's it's almost a different argument at this point because they're asked to do such different things, yeah. you know. But Durant is doing some things that I, I don't know if LeBron could do, especially with the rim protector. LeBron's yeah. not necessarily the same rim protector. He's not necessarily the smooth three-point shooter. He doesn't space the floor as well. But when LeBron wants to be unstoppable, it's kind of hard to say he isn't. Well, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I'm, you're definitely not wrong with yeah. what you're saying. But I also say, and I don't know, I don't want to seem like I'm just making mm-hmm. excuses. No, but yeah. I look at LeBron and I look at the competition that he plays against. I One of the things that's wrong with the NBA right now, and I think makes LeBron's case for uh, you know, going higher on the all-time list, it's a bunch of boys in the NBA now. And I know that that's not necessarily his fault. But you don't have anybody at the position that he plays that's a veteran. It's only a handful yeah, of Yeah, it's them. like Kawhi. And, uh, and they're Kawhi. all in the West. Yeah, they're, they're like all in the West. Yeah, and guys, you can play D on them. Kelly yeah. Oubre from a team that's supposed to be uh, one or two supposedly on paper in the NBA in the East, the yeah. Washington Wizards. Wizards yeah. That's who has to guard LeBron. That's a boy compared to LeBron. <laughs> it's a young James. boy. 
Excuse me. So, yeah. you know, when you stop I'm talking about, I feel like if he was in the West, Kawhi, Durant, yeah. you know, even Iguodala, um, even a little bit of Trevor Ariza sometimes. sometimes. I know he had a good yeah. game against well, him last what's week. PJ Tucker can still. PJ Tucker still sometimes. Chubby, chubby PJ Tucker. He's even PJ Tucker's boy. He really is. He, <laughs> he really is. He's pushing like yeah. 270. Even Jimmy Butler. Jimmy yeah. Butler playing D mm-hmm. on him. So um, maybe even Wiggins a little bit. I, LeBron, LeBron uh, still probably is by a small margin the best player. But I mean, it's the closest that I've ever seen it be. It is definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The argument's there, too. No question. Yeah, it's definitely there. Uh, I was just thinking about players who play defense. Like, you were talking about Jimmy Butler, not Jimmy Butler, uh, Brad Stevens. Mm-hmm. Kyrie's playing defense yeah. for the first time mm-hmm. ever. That's amazing. He's like a legitimately a decent... Before he was a liability yeah. on defense, you know yeah. what I mean? When when anyone was going up against him, it was like... It was almost like an easy bucket. He would die on screens, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Now, I mean, just that effort is there. It's crazy. I don't know what made me think of this, but... I would, well, because well, we was just talking yeah, about Durant, yeah, yeah. and it's the, it, and I'm telling you guys, and you guys have all played uh, basketball before, but I know from the again coming from that coaching standpoint, it's like if you sell players on something defense each day, it can't be you sell them on it today and you never talk about it until <laughs> the end of next week, and then you talk about it three weeks later. No, it, from what I've heard about the Boston Celtics and obviously uh, the Golden State Warriors, the Spurs, they talk about stopping people each and every day at practice. And as a coach, that's what I really love to do. And you will have players, you hold players accountable. You hold players accountable to these type of things. And that's why Kyrie is playing. He would, I think he's in the top three in steals. Yeah. At least yeah. that, right? Something like that. He's doing really well. Kevin Durant playing D. And it's because you don't want to stick out like a sore thumb <laughs> when everyone else <laughs> is giving uh, putting all yeah. the effort towards defense and whatnot. And it's a fun way to play. So I believe all players can do it. It, it just has to be a culture. Has to be the culture of it. It just can't be. You, everybody talks about it, but you actually have to do it every day, and and it becomes like I always. I like, and you probably heard me say this phrase: fall in love with the process of stopping somebody on defense. And I use that with my players, and I believe I believe in it, and I feel like they do. It reminds me a lot of the Curry transition of him being a really terrible defender. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, he was atrocious. Couldn't play defense. He was a sore thumb, like you're saying. He was that person that everyone knew. Just, just expose him. Yeah. He got thicker in the off season, yeah. multiple off seasons in a row. He's playing good defense now. If you're just not a bad defender on a unit like that, you have people like um, with a coach like uh, Draymond Green or Marcus Smart who show the whole team, "Hey, this is what we're about." Avery They'll Bradley. call you out. Avery too. Bradley. Yep. Yeah. It's like if you're not pulling your weight, like. Draymond's not going to pull any punches. Mm, you know nope. what I mean? If, you, if you're dying on screens, you'll be yeah. like, hey, get your shit together. Absolutely. Like, we're not playing like this. Like, you're making me look bad when you are letting your player go. Now it's on me to pick up your slack. Everyone has to, you know, be a part of it because otherwise you got loose hold. I mean, what's it? Weak link breaks the chain or something Absolutely. like that? It's like yeah. you can't have someone just not giving up. And Curry is legit, like, He's a good defender now. And not only that, you you, you got to remember, these guys watch film. It's not only yeah. in football where you come in on Tuesday and watch the film of how bad you played on Sunday and no, you get called out. Mm-hmm. In basketball, you watch the film also. And what you said about Draymond, Draymond, I'm not sure 
if 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 Steve Kerr is that guy to do it. So if you, to call a player out, he may be, but Draymond does it. So if you have a player that can do it, that's even better even than better. the coach doing it mm-hmm. because yep. it's like we're in the trenches. We're the ones out there on that chain, on that chain out there, like you talked about. Everybody has to be on the same link. And if you can't have a Greg Popovich kind of guy that call you out on it, mm-hmm. then you need a Draymond. Yep. And it, it doesn't always have to be the best player on the team that scores the most points or whatnot. It can be a guy that's playing a lot of minutes that's out there in a leadership role like Draymond. And that's what I like about Draymond a lot. I, 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 I like him a lot. He, he's one of my <laughs> he's one of my guys. He he talks a lot and everything. It's that whole social networking that it's really a gift. It's it's not, he's a, not good at social networking. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, it's a gift and a curse though, yeah, the social yeah, yeah. networking, no, I yeah. feel, you yeah. know, because you get to find out about guys that inside about him and whatnot, but then again, you make mistakes where you're <laughs> sending photos and uh, saying stuff that's dumb. So mm-hmm. you tweet yeah, crazy. Some, you tweet something when you're 15. People start like Dan Smith Jr. <laughs> he had a tweet when he was like 15 or 14. It's like there's nothing better. I don't like doing anything more than slinging that wood. <laughs> and he tweeted that when he was like 15. Yeah, but yeah. then he didn't delete it, and then he gets drafted, and everyone's bringing up this yeah. tweet from six years ago. Like you get, there's, yeah. you got to be careful with this. There's shit. nowhere to hide. I know, but it's funny. I mean, it's it is it is a blessing. It's a curse and then you got people like i was telling you the other day joel Embiid. everyone loves joel Embiid because he's funny on social media you know he's dming uh rihanna all the time like he's doing silly stuff if if he didn't have that and was out all those games people would hate him absolutely people would hate despise joel Embiid. get your ass on the court what are you doing but because people get to see what his life is like they see that he's funny, he's personable. Yeah. You know, people are drawn to that. Absolutely. And you you got to have that personality, though. <laughs> oh, he, you got to have so, that personality. So, so yes. you, you, you talk about his personality mm-hmm. with the uh, you, the tools of social networking. That that can be a fun thing because Derrick Rose. If Derrick Rose had that personality, which he doesn't, he's <laughs> not, not that guy. Yeah. So if he's not that guy and then he's not playing and then he gets in front of a mic and says stupid stuff like, I only want to play to make my contract because, you know, years from now I'm not going to have money, those kind of things. People are not going to take kind no, of any of that. No. You know, so. The two teams we're probably talking about the most are the Warriors and the Celtics. Yeah. It seems like it. Because they're the two best teams in the East and the West. Yeah. You know, number one and number one. Um, and they're actually playing tomorrow. Yeah. So that's going to be a super hype matchup. I'm Can't super wait. excited to see right. that. Um, a fun statistic I saw, um, being a Warriors fan, is that the Warriors have actually outs- um, have a better plus-minus over their seven-game win streak than the Celtics do over their 13-game win streak. Mm. Interesting, because they're both on really big win streaks. That's awesome. But the way that both teams are doing it, Celtics are doing it in any way possible. They had one game where Kyrie didn't even play. They're winning games in the clutch. They're winning games by playing good defense. The Warriors are just smashing a bunch of teams. And they're not playing a lot of great teams right now. But they're both really fun to watch in their own way. And it's, you know, what are you excited for, I guess, in in that matchup? Well, they got a saying in the sports world and mostly with basketball about um, when uh, hard work outworks talent, then, you know, it's basically saying if you don't work hard um, and you have talent, you could be uh, somebody who doesn't have talent that's working hard and overachieving can get you. And I'm not saying that the Celtics are overachieving. 
because they have Brad Stevens, and we talked about him being a greatest coach as he is, and then Kyrie Irving and some of these young players, they're good. Tatum, Brown. Tatum, Brown. You know, and then you got a veteran like Al Horford. You got a tough guy in Marcus Smart. And Terry Rozier is in the same mold as a Mark. Come from Louisville. Mm -hmm. In the same mold as a Marcus Smart. But this is what I just believe. The Warriors are on another level. And I really feel (laughs) that those stars, those players, are looking around, seeing that Boston's on, what, 11-game winning streak? 13-game winning streak. They're on a 7- or 8-game winning streak. They're going to come in and try to boss up and let (laughs) you know all of this Boston talk is great, but we're the champs. We're the Warriors. So I really feel that – and and I don't mind because – I love the Celtics right now. Some of it is because I hate the Cavs. But <laughs> I really like what the Celtics are doing. But I just feel like if everybody's healthy and all the uh, parties come to play tomorrow, it's going to be a double-digit win by the Warriors. I really <laughs> I, I feel like that. And, you know, but still, I can't wait to watch it. It's not going to oh, be. Yeah. And no. it's like I'm not taking even any pleasure in thinking that they're going to get the uh, Golden State's going to blow them out. I just can't wait to see these two teams play because I really think they're going to be playing you know i i gotta I, I think it's a good chance they could be playing in the finals it's a lot of good I basketball really is what's gonna be happening it's gonna be a lot of like amazing basketball yeah. to watch yeah. pure basketball yeah. i yeah. mean yeah. celtics are number one in defensive efficiency the warriors are number one in offensive efficiency don't fact check that but i'm pretty sure yeah. that's <laughs> it's the case. Close. i'm pretty sure that's the case yeah. uh i think what's been crazy about what brad Stevens been able to do is their team is so new and to have that continuity to play you know efficient defense and quality defense with Basically a brand new roster. Mm -hmm. I mean, Kyrie's new. Uh, Tatum is 19, rookie. He's new. Um, I mean, you just have... random big white dudes? Oh, Thies and uh, who's the other one? Um, With the points. Bane. 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 I mean, their team is basically a new team. And to have that defensive ability is unbelievable. And I think that's... One of the things you were talking about how even though you think the Warriors are going to blow out the Celtics, Mm -hmm. I think the one thing that's so cool about basketball is... Is that doesn't almost matter? It, it doesn't. Where in the NFL, like if you know a team's gonna blow it out, you're like, dude, I'm not watching that. That yeah. game's gonna be terrible. Maybe. They're gonna blow them out. I don't care how good the Patriots are and how pure that is. It's boring to watch another team get smashed. But in basketball, you have so many moving parts. You got Kyrie finishing. Um, you just got the ball movement of the Warriors. It's just so much fun to watch, and there's so many different aspects that you can kind of fall in love with. Yeah. And I think that's why I've kind of grown to like basketball even more than I have football in the past, just because how pure of a sport it can be when two teams are clicking on all cylinders. I know the playoffs last year, the Warriors blew out the Cavs 4-1. It was a lot closer than people really realize because a lot of those games could have gone either way. And, I mean, you have two teams that were going at it with with Durant and Curry playing at the peak, you know, and then you have LeBron and Kyrie playing at their peak. I mean, you got four of the best players in the NBA playing their absolute best in the finals, it was crazy to watch. And I know the Warriors smashed them, but, man, it was, like, it was really crazy to watch how those two, those four players kind of canceled one out, and then it was 
the remainder of the team that had to pull it out. And I thought that was really cool to watch, and I really appreciated it. If you're focusing on, like, that, just that aspect of, oh, the Warriors are going to win, then you're missing out on so much greatness. Oh, no question. Like, what you're missing out on is all this amazing basketball happening in all the games. All the games are good. There's so many people that are good now that you don't have a bunch of stiffs playing center anymore. Mm. You have a lot of, like, dynamic basketball happening. Um, the game's evolving every single day. Like, there's so much fun. And everything is exciting. Like, if you're just focused on one thing like that, then you're missing out on the bigger picture. Absolutely. And everything, I 100% agree with what you guys are talking about right now because, you know, obviously I'm older than you guys, but this game right now, to me, is amazing. Uh, this game with the young players that we're talking about coming up. Now, I will say this. The Warriors, the Spurs, and the Celtics really are the only teams that I really can think of that play the type of basketball that we're talking we about. Like, yeah. That yeah, purity yeah, yeah, yeah. with the ball movement, movement the yeah. playing together, the defense, and you're not see because we're getting away from that. Uh, and I love it. The ISO ball because that's yeah. what Cleveland's problem is. They're still because ISO. they still that way <clears throat> where at the end, when they can't score, they're giving it to LeBron. They try to either get it at the high elbow, yeah, get it bar, bang it down, or try to go one on one against somebody. And that's they successful doing that with what they do, but they can't win the championship like that. And that's why I say that because the Warriors, the movement. All these teams are trying to be copycats. They're trying to catch up with the Warriors. But the problem is, you it's such a, uh, a, a, a perfect storm of having that talent of the three best shooters in the league on the same team that are young and that are so selfless and that's willing to move the ball and move without the ball and who doesn't care who scores. You can't, you might be able to get that with some of the smaller, lower teams, like a Celtic team, like we were talking about. We, we're going to love to watch that game tomorrow, but the bottom line is it, I won't be surprised if the Celtics win the game. It really doesn't matter, but at the same time, I believe that the Warriors probably <laughs> will win the game yeah. because they're coming in to let you know that who's boss. But it's going to be some good basketball yeah. tomorrow. I think really that, that basketball you're talking about, you know, the, the ball movement oh. and the shooting and the spacing and all mm. the new age basketball, it really starts at a young age. It really starts at, like, you know, fifth, sixth grade, the AAUs, things like that where kids are starting to shoot. They're starting to be able to do a lot of things. I know you coach it. Do you do you agree with that, or you think not necessarily? No, no. I, I got to say I don't. Okay, agree. no, that's fine. I, and, I, but I I'll tell you why. I yeah. tell you why. See, you you got different levels of AAU. Mm -hmm. Okay, the level that I coach, I'm coaching D two and down. Okay, the D ones, uh, like where you might have a lot of the guys that's going to Kentucky, Duke, Arizona, all of those guys. I seen this up close and firsthand. Some of these guys are playing on four or five different teams. This week, they might be on one team. The next week, they're on another team. So it's a lot of iso ball. It's a lot of... Oh, uh, so can't uh, continuity. Yeah. You, you really can't. you just loading the best talent on one team, which is what AAU is supposed to be about. But that's not the purity of the game. The lower levels where I coach, 
We're coaching fundamentals. We're coaching play together because we don't have a D1 player on our team that can, we can just give them the ball and say, take over like a, uh, like a cat, like a cat from Minnesota or yeah. like a LeBron James or a Kobe. So I believe that, um, on the higher levels of AAU, it's such a business where you got, obviously you got the sneaker companies involved. You got these AAU coaches getting paid a lot of money and stuff like that. That's yeah, that, where they're getting the bad wait, name what? at. I was going to say, just ask Rick Pitino, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and those are the guys that's giving AAU the bad name. Huh. Yeah. So I'm, I'm more like a, a, a developmental type AAU level where, like I said, we, we, we do play at D2 and we're very su- successful at that. But we've also been together for like six years and they're like friends and they're family versus this year you're on one team, next year, uh, next week you're on another team. And those are the ones that uh, they give AAU a bad name because it's, yeah. it's mostly like street basketball. And one of the worst things is you get a lot of guys that don't know how to coach. There may be guys that's hanger honors, a uh-huh. uncle, maybe somebody that that they knew in the neighborhood that's trying to be a coach that all they in for it is to win and not teach how to play the game. So I can see that. Yeah. That's what the major AAU and, and you you get casted under the same shadow when you start talking AAU when really it's a difference in the lower levels than the higher levels. Hmm. Is there anything you think you could fix the upper level? Because I know it is a business and they're trying to get their points they're trying to get their steal. They're trying to get their assist. The players, you know what I mean, because yeah. they're getting looked at by colleges. Yeah. They need to Showcase. make their mixtape. They need to yeah. make their whatever it is to get to that next level. So I understand that they're kind of out for themselves because they're thinking, "I need to get this for my future." But is there a way that you think you could fix some of that, like well, the system? They system it. Well, I would tell you, it starts with the crooks that's in the game. It's a lot of crooks in the game of AAU. It's a lot of shady characters in the in the game of AAU because of what we're talking about. You got to try to weed out those guys that's just in it to make that money. And because if you're in it just to make that money, the players become a piece of meat. Um, if uh, I can get, like, if I know the greatest player down the street and I have a personal relationship with him, I become pretty important to the people that have the bucks because let's pay the guy on the street uh who knows the player who can get that player to sign with nike or to play at kentucky or to play at uh some of these top schools so if you can get some of those bad guys out of the game and get more guys and honestly like myself who's about teaching young people the game of basketball and playing the fundamentals and just teaching them how to play you can because you still can play in those giant tournaments in Vegas like that, or in the Rumble in the Bronx or the King James tournaments. These are all like uh, big time tournaments yeah, and whatnot where college coaches can come see the players. You gotta get you gotta weed out those uh, those bad uh, characters. That's basically. Um, and I'm kind of involved with a group right now that's trying to do a little bit of that. That's good. So, that's yeah. awesome. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's not going to happen overnight. I yeah, tell you no, right nothing, guys, nothing but, happens overnight. But but I will tell you, by the FBI getting involved in this, this is serious business. So um, it's going to happen. Unfortunately, you might see a lot of our favorite coaches, our favorite uh, uh, characters in college basketball, yeah, unfortunately, college go down. A, like Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino. I can yeah. tell you right now, Rick Pitino is my favorite coach, my favorite college basketball coach because of his style of play. He's good at in-game coaching and practice coaching. Pressing, yeah. the defense, 
the the intensity that he shows on the sideline. Um, obviously, I'm a Syrac- I'm a Syracuse basketball fan. I've been watching Jim Beheim all my life, yeah. but Rick Pitino yeah. is my guy. And to you know to see that the guy's not in coaching uh, as a fan of his for a real long time, I'm kind of like <laughs> upset. But if he did something wrong, he committed a crime. Then unfortunately, you gotta you gotta, you gotta pay for the crime. Yeah, you really I do. think that's the first of many, though. I think there's gonna be a lot more of these NCAA, you know. Yeah. Scandals we're going to see coming up. I mean, the things you hear about Louisville, it's insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I was going to say, Rick Pitino, he's had like 400 plus years to do all that in game because he's a vampire. He's not a vampire. So he's had about 400 years to perfect those in game coaching decisions. Man. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think if there's any like direct um, effects that you can see from AU in the NBA? Well, Yes, I can. Um, And like I said before, those players that we're talking about, uh, they're going to the top schools. They're usually the one and dones. Yeah. So... If you, you're not getting taught all the fundamentals, you're not getting taught how to play defense, how to ball you man, how to box out, how to, you know, all mm-hmm. those things that you should be taught at a young age because you're such a superstar and you have such a talent, they're not getting taught that at AAU level. And then if they're one and done, they're going right to the pros. You're seeing the warts when they get to the league. You're yeah. seeing, like, their deficiencies uh, once they hit the league and whatnot. So that's one of the things. And, you know, just – Listen, when you're a superstar basketball player on any level, I mean, I didn't play at a D1 college, but I was on uh, two teams that were number one in the state. I mean, in my town where I grew up, basketball was number one. On finals of midterm, they're trying to give you answers to the test. You know what I mean? Just because I was that star player and they wanted to make sure that I either passed the test or finished the test. So when you're a D1 player, I can't even imagine. LeBron James, when he was in high school, yeah. he was he was driving a Hummer. Driving oh, yeah. a Hummer. Remember, How do you remember get that? that? Yeah. Uh, you know I what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, you had you, you, your contracts immediately. You, 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 like, you are treated very well. And um, those guys are very talented. But I, I do think, I just, like, uh, just reiterating, I just wish that we would get some of those bad characters out of, uh-huh. out of the AAU and then uh, we'd probably get a better product. I can see that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um... I was, what was I listening to? I don't know. They were talking about AAU and how um, it has been tough, but at the same time, you see some of these young players in the NBA, like a Jalen, or not Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, but uh, Jason Tatum, who is 19 years old. Yeah. He conducts himself like he's been in the league Mm -hmm. because he's basically been in a league being told that he's been the best player in the, like, you know, since a young age. Yeah. So it's like you're kind of used to being told that where. He was comparing it to being uh, like an actor, an actress, where you have a big movie and all of a sudden you blow up and you're worth, you know, millions of dollars and you don't know what to do with it because you've just gone from being a barista at Starbucks (laughs) to now you're in a major film. But in basketball, you've been kind of groomed almost. And I know that's not, it's not the best, you're not the best player you can be because you aren't taught those fundamentals and stuff like that, but you've been at least grown up in a situation where you kind of know what you are going to be asked yeah. of you have to once you up. get to the NBA. And I know not mm-hmm. all the players go to the NBA, but I was just wondering, like, it was kind yeah. of an interesting take on the whole AAU. Well, I would tell you this, too. It's, it's like 
the one thing you can't underestimate, there's some good parents out there, too. True. That okay. is true. And, and I'm not sure what Jason Tatum's background is, but he could come from a, 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 a very solid uh, family foundation. And if you come from a solid family foundation, um, a lot of these things, this kid... He's more mature mm -hmm. than some of the other guys that may not come from that kind of thing. So all of the guys play AAU, but all of the guys don't have the same amount. And that's another thing that I would say about AAU, too. AAU is not cheap. Oh, AAU no. costs a lot of money yes. to play AAU. You not only have to pay um, just for the program that travel. you're playing for, the travel, the hotel feed, yep. the kids eating and whatnot. So a lot of times parents don't have that time. If you got a regular nine to five job or, or, or whatnot, you can't go on these AAU trips all the time. But I come from an organization where I get almost got 100% parent participation mm -hmm. 100% for six years That's so crucial. what I'm it, it is very crucial and you become a family you're on these road trips you're seeing the, um, how the kids <laughs> are raised oh the, yeah, that yeah. More. yeah I mean have a lot of fun let's yeah. just say that awesome. and, uh, you know so I, I I would definitely say that uh, the parenting uh, that some of these players have that's crucial to how much maturity they may have once they get to the pro level and I want to say that is that right now in the NBA as opposed to the NFL, there's a lot of socially conscious players. Yeah. A lot of players in the NBA are willing to have a take. They're well thought out. They're individuals that are like stars in, you know, you can you see them all the time. LeBron. And like LeBron, Steph Curry, um, you just see a lot of different players that are willing to speak out and talk and they have actually intelligent takes that, you know, we need to listen to. Yeah. And it's I think it, it goes back to the strong family structures, um, them and, and, and people like LeBron who show the other generations this is what kind of players we want in the NBA. We don't want players like we had in the early 2000s yeah. that were coming in for one year and bouncing out because they couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. They couldn't handle the pressure. They couldn't handle the money. They couldn't handle the fame. They restructured their rookie contracts too yeah. where when you're now a rookie in the NBA, you're not making you know $20 million Absolutely. on your first. And that's another one of the things you go from having no money to all of a sudden, yeah. you know, we ball and we go on a sizzler. We go on a sizzler. Yeah. Yeah. sizzler. Yeah. Now, they, yeah. they don't have that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. They're still making good money. Oh, if I had that money, I'd never talk to you guys again. Not to but, mention uh, <laughs> the endorsements that yeah. some yeah. of these guys are oh, getting. Ben but, with the huge um, yeah, a lot of these uh, players, uh, what do they have? What is it? A five-year, four-year deal with the option of a fifth it's year? It's two plus something two. Like that. I think it's a two plus I think it's a two plus two. Um, it depends on if you're drafting the first or second round. NFL is four and one. Okay. NFL yeah, okay. for a first round is four. And then for a second round NBA, is it one and one? It's a one and one. So it's a player option after the, se okay. after the first. Or, like or it's a team option or something like that. And yeah. you have the option two to be extended too before yeah. your deal is up. Yes. So it's like a two and two team option. And then after that, once your four years are up, you can get extended, and it's an extension off of your rookie contract, so yeah. it's a different contract altogether there as well. And your own team can pay you the most money? Is that how uh, that yeah. works now? Yeah, it's with bird rights. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh... It's to try and keep players on their same team, which doesn't always happen. Yeah, Because right. sometimes yeah. basketball situation matters more than money. Yes, you're right. Well, that's in the case of a guy like a Paul George. Yeah. Paul George, uh, uh, I, I forgot exactly how those work because they also got those incentives where if you can make all pro, Oh, Remember yeah. they, get, they made the extra oh, fifty 18, million or third, something like yeah. that, and he didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't make uh, it. He didn't make that. Same, so same with Gordon Hayward, right? I don't think um, he you made know what? It. I'm not sure. Yeah, on that. but I just know that that matters a lot, though, for your contract. But Absolutely. like people like Melo and Paul George 
and Gordon Hayward, they're not and Durant, they're not taking the most money. They're mm-hmm. actually moving to better basketball situations, which is fun for us as basketball fans to see. I but would it say. goes against what you know, what the, I guess the uh, the NBA was trying to do. Like right now, the commissioners <laughs> hating that Kevin Durant is over <laughs> with the Warriors. Right? Yeah, now, I'm but, sure he's not a huge fan. You know, Rings but, uh, are high though. Yeah, they rings really, are super high. The NBA, we've been talking about it all. The NBA is unbelievable right now. And back to the social rights things, yeah. a lot of times, that's, again, the social networking, too. Mm-hmm. Having a platform yeah. to be able to uh, uh, speak your piece and say what you uh, like to say. And a lot of that, some of the guys in the 2000s and even before that was branding. Yeah. The branding. Yeah. They did like Star Wars. Well, 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 Jordan, especially, he said, he didn't say if he was Democrat or Republican. He said they both buy sneakers. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. what he said. Yeah. He didn't want to pick a side because he wanted to, you know, build his brand. And yeah. I understand that coming from, I mean, he probably didn't have a ton of money growing up, so I get it. But at the same time, you definitely see a lot more. Well, some of that, what Michael said too, and just that having that statement. The times are different. Yeah, times, oh, times are way so, different. So yeah. now these younger players that are making this money, they're comfortable with being able to speak their mind, realizing they're still going to get that money from those endorsements. It, yeah. Yeah. As long as you don't lose your mind and go crazy, yeah, yeah. something idiotic. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Michael Jordan and some of those guys, just to use his name and whatnot, uh, they didn't really have that confidence that they were going to be able to speak their mind and still be able to have their brand the way that it is. But now guys are more comfortable with speaking, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah. They definitely have way more platforms too between yeah. like YouTube, podcast, Twitter, Instagram, like uninterrupted. And inter- I mean, players Tribune. There's so many ways to get your voice out there and be heard. And you have coaches like Popovich and Kerr oh. who are incredibly well spoken and just unbelievably intelligent people speaking out when stuff goes on. You know, that sometimes the players it's a lot for them to handle all that stuff. So to see a coach kind of go out there and be like, Listen, a like pressure off I got this. Yep. You guys yeah. don't have to put something out. Like I'll take the, I'll put this on me. And like, and they're always very well thought out. They're commissioner too. The yeah. Commissioner Adam Silver is probably the best commissioner in sports right now. It, it, I would argue. You know, and he started off right off the bat well with the whole LA Clippers and their owner, you know, acting the way he was acting with the whole racist kind of yeah, stuff was going can't. on. He supported the players. Yep. And because he supported the players, he almost had a uh, a wealth of okay. If the next problem comes up, maybe he doesn't do well. He's still gonna have good that, faith. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, good yeah. faith because yeah. he handled the first situation well. And mm-hmm. and I really like Adam Silver, but you know it's different in the NFL. Let's yeah. just say oh, that way down, right? you know. Yeah. So um, NBA is in good shape, I think. Right. I now. think it has to do with a lot with the owners too, because I always say the NFL is run by a bunch of old white yeah. folks. Yeah. You know, they're set in their old ways yeah. of just being an old white person. Rich. Rich, Rich. old, old money. It's all, it's usually old money too. Yes. Old yeah. money NFL. And I think that makes a big, big difference. Cause like, you know, love them or hate them. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks, what's his name? Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. Um, Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer. You have these new age, yes. new money guys Absolutely. who are out of the box thinkers, willing to do different stuff. I mean, I was watching League Pass the other day. It was the Dallas Mavericks. Dirk can't move at all. I, <laughs> I, was, I was watching it. I'm like, this is really hard to watch. I love Dirk, but no, he cannot. Um, but I was watching it, and it, I had it. I had an option for VR. I could watch it in VR right. on my cell phone. And that's where you can be on the court, and you strap your phone 
to your head and you can look around and wow. it's like being at the game. Can you wow. imagine something like that in the NFL? Uh, I mean, like these owners in the NBA, it just shows the the progressive thinking that they mm-hmm. have. Well, they're really try. Even, um, uh, what do they call it when they, uh, without borders, NBA without, without borders, borders, and they, they're expanding games. out yeah. to China, Japan, uh, Africa, all of these mm-hmm. different areas like China that. Play. And, and China not play. only that, <laughs> they're bringing their uh, retired players that used to be in the league that were stars like a Dikembe Mutombo, you know, you those type of Russell like every weekend, guy. I feel like. He's you know, always around. You know, and so the NBA, uh, the, the NFL is not about that right now. Mm-hmm. But it's just like anything else. I work at a company where uh, it's been around for a very long time and you got a lot of old dogs, just like those <laughs> old uh, NFL yeah. uh, owners and whatnot. Soon as you start getting in young, fresh engineers with different mindsets that's willing to open their mind and not close it and not try to hammer down on the players or the workers because you've been doing it for the last 50 years when you get that mentality out of there it opens up horizons for beautiful thinking you know what I'm saying and you always got to keep your your mind open and yeah. whatnot and I feel like the NBA has those guys with yeah. those fellas you was talking about so. it's awesome, awesome yeah scene. and just like I mean the the commissioner he with the, the there was like the Trayvon Martin when they're like the who is it the Cavs or the Heat who were the, the Heat wore the I can't read shirts. Yep. I mean, just Everybody's. the ability to not shut down those protests and almost kind of be like, all right, well, like if you want to have a voice, you can have your voice. Or um, who was it came out and uh, it was when the Balmer not Balmer uh, before the other the old white guy. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Donald Sterling. Donald Sterling. Yeah, Sterling. Yeah. Donald yeah. Sterling. When they went out to protest him, it's like. They they have these the ability to have a voice without being you know as you're saying and they work shut together. Down. Exactly. It's like the players, the the coaches, the organizations, the commissioner. They're all working together to do a, a better job with the product, to be socially aware, to a lot of different things. They're not like separated and they're not like arguing and bickering. It's more of like a collective unit yes. as an NBA. Yeah. yeah. You know, they they realize that the players are what's making the NBA popular. Uh making the NBA the money that they make. So why uh uh cancel them out on their voices and whatnot and alienate them. You know, how about work together and figure out how to solve some of these problems if they come up or whatnot and just work together to make the product even better than it possibly can. It's NBA, the NFL is late to the uh, dance on this kind of thing. Yeah, it's hard to play catch up. It really is. It's way easier to be ahead of the curve like the NBA than it it is to play catch up like the NFL. And unfortunately, like you said, all of those, I can't think of any young owners in the NFL at all. Uh, so, you know, they're going to be, it's probably going to be in trouble for quite a while. And that sport probably makes more money than any other uh, pro sports yeah. that they have right yeah. now. So, What's the trend though, you know? I mean, I think the NBA, the ratings are getting better. We have these, we have stars that we can attach ourselves to yeah. and become emotionally invested in. Absolutely. That, stars that aren't getting injured all the time like well, that. We say that all the time on the podcast. We There's so many players in the NFL, they're just injured. We can't even watch them anymore because they're not on. But the NBA, most of the players are still playing. Um, it's a much easier sport to stay healthy in. Um, you have you can see their faces. Exactly. You can see their faces. Exactly. You know? It's not just the back of a jersey. 
Yeah. You're not so far away. Like, don't get me wrong. I know you guys are not saying this. You guys love football. Oh, I like love I football. Oh, yeah. But, but, Packers, but the stadiums and the helmets and whatnot, mm-hmm. We the NFL is great, but the NBA is so much almost like hands-on. Yeah, like, you, you're right in front of them. You can see their expressions, their faces. Yeah. Uh, when they're Trash crying talking and, 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 and yeah. moaning, all of yeah. that stuff right there. And, you know, people love that kind of thing. It's so much. Cl- I, have you? You've probably been to a bunch of NBA games. Yeah, I've been compared to football games, I like. I'm scared sometimes going to football games. The the energy in a football game, it's a lot more hostile. Really where I feel like in an NBA game, it's like everyone's there to have fun. Like my brother and I, we went into Cleveland during the playoffs with Warriors jerseys on, which is a bold you, strategy. It's a bold strategy. Everyone's looking at us, but. I never felt really afraid to be there, and that was so comforting mm-hmm. that I didn't feel like I had to hide the fact that I was a fan of a team. I would never go to Bill Stadium wearing any other jersey besides a Bill's jersey because I'm not trying to get heckled. I'm not trying to get beer thrown on me. I'm not trying to get hit with a dildo. Yeah. I'm just trying to go there to watch a game, you know? Yeah. And, like, I feel like you can't do that in an NFL game. It's so much more fun to watch on TV opposed to in person an NBA game is just incredible. the energy is unbelievable and you get to see I went to a Warriors Knicks game at MSG last year which was, I was just gonna bring that up okay so, okay so I saw them uh and I don't know if anyone like you have to do it in person to see players like uh JaVel McGee and Chris Porzingis in person is like that's a human that's yeah. the same species as me yeah he's gigantic yeah. I mean like you see my team and you're like no they're big I'm in person it's comical it's ridiculous their arms keep going their legs keep going the energy is palpable they're playing music during the game <sighs> you know they got the announcers they got stuff going on they got t-shirt cannons it's nice and comfortable and warm uh just and you said the, yeah. you, you you said the, the perfect venue yep that I have ever been in. And I've been to a few. I, I can't say I've been to every NBA uh, arena, but Madison Square Garden, because it's a theater. It's that theater. It's uh, different. Yeah. It is unbelievable. And like you said, they got the DJ going in there. It's a young, fresh crowd yep. in New York City. And New York City is my favorite city. It's anyway. a great city. But, I, but that Madison Square Garden is an unbelievable place to watch a game. But the other thing is, too, um, what you guys mentioned is such football a gladiator sport though. It's such a sport where uh it's okay to curse a player out. That it's okay true. to get into somebody's face and uh, you know be violent on the field. So that's how the crowd probably is gonna be <laughs> at the stadiums because you that's the point that you guys brought up that I've never ever thought about that you don't have the same uh uh, uh, animosity at a basketball game Not if you came in wearing the opposing team's jersey like you do at the football stadiums. You Like you said, you're going to get beer thrown at you. I went to Buffalo Bills Stadium back in 08 with my Cowboys on a Monday night game when Terrell Owens played for the Cowboys with my jersey on in Bill Stadium. And I had amazing seats and I didn't give a damn. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I had people talking crap and I was saying it back. And it was going to be whatever it was going to be. You know, but uh, different. And, 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 and basketball, man, that's amazing. That is. Yeah. And uh, if people don't get – and the players are so much faster, too. I watched Steve so, Nash. Yeah. When Steve, Nash, Steve Nash played too. in Toronto, I watched him play okay. up at yeah. Toronto at that at the stadium up there. And, I mean, he was unbelievably fast. So quick. So. I lo- it's, it's a different scene. I saw LeBron in person in Cleveland mm-hmm. for the finals game. And I also saw him a few years ago when he played in Cleveland the first time. Mm-hmm. So I saw him young LeBron. He could do things, and he was so fast and powerful – 
that was just so much better in person. It was yeah. so cool to see. Yeah, I watched them here in Rochester. Did you guys ever go to that game no, when they no. first came here? They played Toronto oh, cool. here in Rochester, and I got a chance to uh, watch LeBron uh, do his pregame workout for at least 30 to 45 minutes. And I'm sitting there watching, and I just thought it was the most amazing thing ever, man. So I played on the same court as LeBron, you're mm-hmm. saying? At Madison, at uh, at uh, uh, Blue Cross, you played on the. I same played on the court. same court. You go, wow! Look at that! Yeah, I got yeah. a, I, actually, I actually got a funny story. I went to a Toronto Raptors game with my school. Um, so I went to Niagara, the Harvard of Western New York, <laughs> and uh, so they had a. It was a combo. It was a bus and a ticket for twenty dollars to go see a Raptors game, which is a crazy deal. Yeah. So it's a, it's only about like an hour and a half drive. So we get up there and we're sitting up in the three hundreds, and you know, I mean, there's really no bad seat in an NBA stadium. But during half, before halftime, I was like scoping out some seats. I was like, "All right, where can I move down to?" <laughs> so what I all the time. so what I did was because they have bouncers at each section of the seats, yeah. so you have to show them your ticket to get down there. Yeah. So what I did is I had my ticket and I scratched off the three. <laughs> And I wrote a one in a pen, and it looked just like a one on a ticket. <laughs> nice. So I go down, and I'm scoping out. I'm like, all right, where is, like, one for 114? So I'm looking out and looking for seats. So I go down, and the lady, I'm looking for some open seats. And the bouncer lady goes, uh, excuse me, sir, can I see your ticket? I go, yeah, 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 sure. So I hand her my ticket. I didn't want to hand her. I was just, like, trying to get away with just finding a seat. Yeah. So I give her my ticket, and she goes, oh, you're in section 113. That's over there. So she got, <laughs> I it passed the ticket. So then I went over to 113 Sweet. and I showed the ticket and I went and I just sat down. So for the whole second half, I sat in the 100 like seats right by like the side of the court. That's, that's like, the move. That's awesome. That's I know, it was awesome. I was like, move, yeah. and then people kept coming in and they're like, oh, sorry, that's my seat. I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry. So I kept yeah. moving over and yeah. then I eventually found a seat that no one, it was me and one of my buddies and we ended up sitting down like, I don't so know. Cool. Thirty rows. That's like a lifetime. A lot, a lot better seats than you paid for, right? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I paid twenty dollars basically just to get in the building. So you can do that at the college games and, and get away with that a little bit more. I've never tried it in a yeah, pro game, I've but I will say I've only been to a handful of pro games. But my seats, have, I've been lucky to have pretty good seats. Yeah, I, the, the games I've been to have been so packed that there was no chance of me moving. No I mean, at MSG yeah. with the Warriors, those game, those tickets were ridiculous. Nah, you, you, yeah, that. and then uh, the finals games, those. You're not moving during a finals game. No, we no. sat Where'd 15 you going? rows down from the ceiling. <laughs> wow. You know, I, mean, I throw my hat up. I'm hitting the ceiling, but I didn't matter because we the were there. atmosphere was. The atmosphere there. It doesn't oh matter where you were. You're in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, Adrenaline for three hours. I was just like shaking. I was. It was a great game. They ended up winning. They lost a series. That was, was the Draymond. No, that was what, that, that was, was the Draymond. That was the game that Draymond Green got kicked out. Oh no! And we saw the whole thing because we saw what LeBron was doing the mm-hmm. whole fourth quarter, basically throwing a hissy fit. To be honest, yes, he really was. Um, I don't know if it was the same on TV, but to us in person, it, it was. was it was constant hissy fit. It really fight. was. And he was inciting some sort of fight, and he knew he, he knew that's the only way he could win. But you know what? He did it, though. See, I believe this. This is what I believe on that theory right there. I don't think he tried to at first. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't think it was premeditated. I think he thought they were going to get smashed. That was going to be, they, they were already getting their butts kicked. I'm saying in the series in, in series, general. Yeah. He didn't probably think they was going to have a chance to win. So he was moody. He was <laughs> pissed so off. Moody. And once he saw that, he, he probably so maybe somebody told him, maybe just realized, oh, if Draymond get kicked out, then maybe something could happen. I don't think it was premeditated, but he definitely, he should have been at least te- got a technical, at least twice in that game uh, because yeah. of his 
bitching to the not only to the referees. I've never seen him more abusive in that game to referees in any other game was, that I've ever seen. That him. drives me crazy. He, I never spoke out to a ref. In any of the games games I ever played, mm-hmm. I would talk to the ref and be like, "Hey, what what was the foul there? Like, what did I, was my hands over? Like, I just want to know for me what I did." Yeah. I would never, and it drives me crazy when I see people bitching at a ref. That all that does is make them more upset. But like Tom Brady does it, he gets up in the ref's face. Oh LeBron does it. They're I can't above. stand it. I can't, it drives me crazy. Yeah. All the great players do it, and it's just annoying. It really, Why do you have it to really, do that? well, because they they've been getting away with stuff all yeah. of their lives, and yeah. and they realize that they're more important than anyone else on the court. <laughs> so people came to see yeah. LeBron James play, so they're not just going to get kicked out. He's going to have to lose his marbles for a referee to Throw actually text him. Yeah. That's why I was so surprised, <laughs> and I'm so uh, I'm still mad to this day because I feel like the Warriors would be uh, three time champs yeah. if you don't suspend. Uh, Draymond, because he, I, I don't say that he shouldn't have got a technical or whatever, but he shouldn't have been kicked out of a final, uh, suspended for a finals game. Mm-hmm. Let that happen the next year or, or fining or whatever you have to do. That was too, he's too much of an integral part of that team. It that just happened in baseball. Um, that baseball player for the Astros did like a, he squinted eyes at yeah, you, Darvish, yeah, and he got yeah. a game suspension the next year, not actually during the playoffs. Yeah. Which is kind of, I like that idea, though, at least next year. Yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah. kind of like it as a fan of rooting for that team, but I also understand, yeah. like, he broke that punishment league. a year from now doesn't really yeah, mean that's anything. True. Well, it's a game check, and I mean, if it's, you value your money and whatnot, I mean, I know these guys make a lot of money and whatnot, but you, you cha- they changed the series is what they did. Yeah. Because in basketball, when that momentum changes and flips people you can't get it back all the time because i know what people are going to say they still had two more chances to win it right whatever you you, when that momentum changes like that you can't get it back all the time and then you're talking about with great players like a lebron james on the other side all they needed was that opening right there and i'm telling you it affected the warriors there's no way they were gonna win they were gonna win that and uh i but also like uh with with them losing, I think that made the series even better, though. With them losing that finals, it made the the third time they met in the finals more fun. Because we were trying to see who would, who would beat the tiebreaker. Um, the Warriors got Kevin Durant partially because they didn't win. Draymond, or, um, yeah, KD said if, if the Warriors would have won that year, he would have gone. See, so, I disagree. You think so? Well, I disagree That's with what, that point. Okay. You know why I disagree with that point? Because of the fact that, A... The Warriors had won the year before. Now, I know Kyrie and Kevin Love didn't play, but that team was the best they were team yeah. all year long. Yeah. The people say, well, LeBron James played so well in that first series, he almost won it by himself. But this is the thing what people forgot. The Warriors were younger then. Very young. They had never won before. Yeah. They didn't know how to win. <laughs> no. So you talking about LeBron being at the apex of his game, he was shooting – about 40 shots a game to make 40 points a game, too. Now, people don't... He didn't yeah. have... A, he, a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, he had the worst shooting percentage of any player in the finals history that series. But he had to do what he had to do to get his team to try to get victories. But the Warriors were so young, they wasn't ready and mature enough to go ahead and finish them off earlier. Okay, so then you uh, come to the second year with no Kevin Durant. 
They set a record where they went 73 games. Yeah. They were clearly the best team. They were smoking them. What were they up? Were they up 3 0? Oh, was it 3 1? 3 1. It was 3 1. And yeah, then they came one. back. So, and they were rolling. And Curry, Curry and they was were still rolling. injured. Curry was 100% and, and, still yes, struggling. Was, but yeah. they were rolling at that yeah. point. All right. The momentum changed with Draymond yeah. having to sit for game five and whatnot. So they won by the skin of their teeth. Okay, it was – what did that score – that score was tied forever or uh, they went down, they missed. They kept shooting threes. They were behind the back passing out of bounds. And it took a play from uh, J.R. Smith uh, for Iguodala to come down. J.R. got in front of him. Changed the way that he was going to make oh, the God, shot. That was the worst which shot made I've ever LeBron, seen. Which I, I can't take anything. It was a great play. Ugh. But J.R. Smith is the one that made that play happen. Because if if he didn't change what Iguodala was doing, Iguodala either dunks that or lays that in. Yeah, with that was a horrendous shot. Okay? And then oh. Kyrie just made an unbelievable shot. Yeah. Which is why what I have no shots. idea why the Cleveland fans or any NBA fans would think that last year... Cleveland would win. They won by the skin of their teeth the year before yeah. when they shouldn't have even won. So now you add KD to that team, and that's another thing. That's why I think the Warriors are better this year because you're talking about KD coming to that team, having to sit in the middle of the season for, what, about 25 games yeah, 25 or so? Games so with, uh, they had to play the way they played before uh, to, and they went on a great winning streak to implement him back in after he was new to the team. And then what they did in the finals, now everybody has their roles. They all know what they have to do. They're better this year than they was last year. And that's scary. They're scary. <laughs> I really scary. believe that. Cool. All right. Well, we've definitely hit our hour mark. I know that much. Oh, for real? Yeah. yeah. It's been mad awesome. fun talking to you. I know. <laughs> I know. This is what we do at the Wild. I know. You know? It's so it's funny. Not... I'll be at the gym and I'll run into Darren, yes. as I call yeah. him now. Mm-hmm. I'll run into him and I just know that I'm not going to lift for like 40 minutes. <laughs> because I have to just talk sports. Yeah. I'll run that's into me. him and yeah. then like I shut down whatever I'm doing because mm-hmm. it's just sports time then. And that's what made me think like, hey, we got to get him on the pod because well, like, I, I love it. it. I love always super intelligent talking to you like always great takes yeah great love insight. talking to you love having you on hey i gotta tell you guys man i'm telling for God, for somebody has known you guys for as long as i know you guys i'm proud of what you guys are doing man this is some special stuff you guys are good people and everything fun guys and everything and i know hey your fans that's that you guys have out there probably love you to death I'm a, I, I, hey, I'm going to start listening. Man. <laughs> myself, man. All right. Yeah, I have to have you on more because this, yeah. this was so much fun. I could do. I could honestly do this all night. Hey, give me a call, man. If, you, <laughs> yeah. if I can do it, I'd definitely love to do it. Perfect. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Yeah, have a good one out there, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> have a good night.